Welcome to Generation Tech. I am Todd Brinker. I am joined by my dad, Jack, the other generation in Generation Tech. How you doing today? Oh, the older generation is feeling old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how I felt last week. I, uh, I on Sundays, I'm in a bowling league, and uh, my forearm like cramped up while I was bowling and it bothered me for three days last week. It continued to cramp and was, it wasn't until I actually, um, went to, uh, a, uh, appointment I had with an acupuncturist for my back and neck pain. I told him about it and he kind of massaged it out, you know, hit like acupressure points and, uh, and then, and then did the, the needles and stuff. And so it finally loosened up. And this week, thank goodness, it seems better. On on Monday, you know, the day after, it's not bothering me as much as it was. But I don't know what I, I must have strained something. I guess yeah. you know, rolling a fifteen pound ball, uh, you know, and and I don't know. I'm always a, a cacophony of like my back hurts, my neck hurts, you know. So it's like I'm always dealing. I'm never. I I do it because I I don't want to just sit and stare at the walls. You know, I want to get out of the house and go do something. And so I do my best. But there are days, and my teammates know this, where I'm just not really. I I shouldn't be there. I don't feel good. I'm. Not, it's not working well. You know. But well, you I know, try. As, as a kid, I don't know what I thought old age really was, other than. You know, people slowing down maybe a little bit, uh-huh. but basically, <clears throat> I, I I have kind of come up with a new definition as I've aged, and it's one more pain on top of the other ones. Most yeah. of them, most of them never go away. You just get another one. <laughs> you're right. You're right. That's what it is. As a kid, you don't quite realize why you're slowing down. The reason they're slowing down is because everything hurts. <laughs> That's why you slow down. It's like That's right. Yeah. yeah, every little owie and boo-boo that you get just accumulates over time. And eventually you're like, wow, you know, I just, yeah. just getting up and moving around sometimes is a pain. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, ref- I refuse to not do it, though. I refuse to not move. I refuse to be stuck in one spot. I'm going to get up. I'm going to move. I'm going to force myself to do it. Too much yeah. Too much. I want to do I want to see. You know, but, yeah. Before we start today on the one that <clears throat> that we had agreed to before you turned this on, mm-hmm. is that I had posted one regarding a guy who bought an electric truck. Uh, it's called the uh, F uh, Ford F one hundred and fifty Lightning. One hundred and fifty Lightning, which is their electric model. Right. And, and I think that it's the classic example why you never buy the number one when, when new technologies come out. Yeah. And even even if you've studied it, I mean, you know, you could blame this guy for, let's say, not really looking into it well before mm-hmm. he started. Maybe he just didn't uh, wasn't aware of some of the issues. But anyway, it's uh, a <clears throat> you, you you can't know what you don't know. I mean, it just somebody's got to go out and try it out, even though they've they've done some testing of these things. They're never adequate until the public has their hands on a lot of them. Yeah, some problems don't present themselves <clears throat> until until you've got you know thousands of repetitions, right? And you can't yeah. you know as much early testing and beta testing as you do. There's, I mean, that's you know the, the iPhone is the perfect example of that, right? They yeah. test it every which way they can, but until you put it in a couple million hands, you're never quite sure you know what yeah. uh, what might actually happen. Yep. But anyway, uh, this is a story about a Canadian guy who bought this pickup truck, and basically he wanted to use it as a normal pickup truck, meaning taking it out in the backwoods and 
mm -hmm. taking trips with it and you know vacations or whatever and all of the issues some of them of which i hadn't heard before i read his story had to do with the unreliability of public charging stations mm -hmm. he ran into two in a row that basically were non-functioning yeah. and so that extended his trip out of the way and in the meantime he's getting down to 12 miles left <laughs> yeah in which case he finally punted and said took it in and basically exchanged it for a gas truck to finish doing what he was doing and then came later and picked it up. I don't know. I guess mm -hmm. they charged it for him while he was gone. But anyway, he, he well, the problem is he lives in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, that's, that's an ongoing thing. And there's been lots of complaints about, um, the public or the, the even private charging stations that are, you know, they set them up and then they don't maintain them. And so you show up and somebody's, you know, cut off the cables because they can go sell the copper in the wire or, um, you know, it's, it's like the, the problem with old public phone booths, which have, you know, gone the yep. way of riding horses to work. But, um, you know, those are issues. In fact, that's part of the reason that, uh, Ford was the first and now a whole bunch of other companies have signed deals with, uh, Tesla to switch over to their systems because Tesla was smart. They not only built a bunch of electric cars, they built a bunch of electric charging stations that they maintain and yeah. are in good shape. And most of them are higher powered charging stations. Because yeah. the other thing is, is you go to a lot of these charging stations and you find out that it's a low chart, a low power one. So what you thought was going to take you, you know, 20 minutes or, or 30 minutes to charge up your car is now going to take you two, three hours because there's just not <laughs> enough juice coming in. And so you're sitting there drumming your fingers, um, yeah. you know. Uh, and there's lots of apps, and in fact, very often they're built into these vehicles telling you where the charging stations are so you can know where to get to them. And most of those apps include the ability to go in and market and say, hey, this one's not working, that one's not working, so that others will see that, hey, that one's not functioning, don't go there. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you're new to this and don't know how to use the apps properly... And let's face it, a guy buying a truck doesn't necessarily know how to use apps and, and, and is computer savvy, you know? Right. Um, I mean, he could be a computer genius, you know? A lot of different people buy trucks these days. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> this story is not surprising to me, I guess is all I'm saying. Um, yep. That said, I think that probably a lot of the issues that he ran into could have been avoided if he were a little more savvy about what he was doing. Yeah, he, he needed to communicate with more people. But anyway, right. uh, he, he, he now calls the this the biggest scam of modern times. Yeah. So scams scams only work because people are not aware of what the be you know, so they bear some responsibility for uh, sure. avoiding I think, scams. I, I think that, <laughs> that the dealerships need to make sure that they spend some time educating people about the, the differences between owning this and owning a, a or owning electric vehicle and owning a gas vehicle. By the same yeah. token, he bears some responsibility for educating himself about what the differences are and how to use them and what they do and don't do. You know, yeah. I mean, one of the things he complains about is he spent uh, $10,000 to put a charger at his work and at his home so that he could have the thing charged and another $6,000 to upgrade his home electric panel so that he could put in the charger at home. And, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, but how far do you live from work? Why do you need to charge it up both at work and at home? I mean, this thing, you know, all of these things have uh, 100 plus miles and in, in these trucks have two to 300 miles of of uh charge yeah. so you know how far are you driving this every day 
<laughs> you know, right. I mean, you know, if he's one of those guys that, that uh, you know, he say he's a carpenter or something and he needs this as a work truck and he has to drive to job sites that are all over the place, you know, maybe electric wasn't the right choice for him. You know, but if you right. put a, but if you put the charger quote at his work, that means that he's going to an individual space to work every day. It's not like he's going off to, you know, lots of different work sites. So yeah, I, you that, know. that means he has to own the space too. Yeah. maybe he owns the company. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, in order to own a hundred and fifteen thousand dollar truck, you probably do own a company. Yeah, um, you know that's the whole other problem with these that, things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, when when you see that he's not uh, poor, you're saying. Uh, I'm not feeling sorry for you in the least bit, buddy. Yeah, this is a guy who who parked his electric <laughs> truck, bought a different truck, and then went back and picked up his electric truck. So, you so know, these are not makes, options that I would have had while out on the road. <laughs> that, that's right. It kind of makes a fool out of him. Makes you wonder why he allowed this story to go out. Yeah, yeah. With his picture on it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I certainly... Um, understand the frustration of doing it and when you're in the middle of it it must have been absolutely infuriating for him to go through that but i i think that yeah. he bears a fair amount of responsibility for the problems too you yeah. know i mean because that's the one thing it's like i'm very interested and intrigued by the idea of electric truck but the one trip that we make semi-regularly is up to our daughter in sacramento and whether it be an electric truck or an electric car i don't know of uh i i know of one that claims to have the the distance to make that run without stopping. And so yeah. then I have to say, okay, if I can't make that run without stopping, where am I going to stop? And how long do yeah. I have to stop there? And, you know, well, as more and more people get electric cars, when I get there, am I going to get an opportunity to actually plug in and charge? Or am I going to have to wait to even get to the spot because there's a line? Well, you, know? you see, I, I, would, I would be very much in favor of knowing um, what the amenities are around the charging station, walking right. distance, you know? Yeah. Within, within a block of there, if I can't get to a restaurant, I'm not mm -hmm. stopping. Well, and that's, <laughs> that's one of the things that Tesla has been uh, uh, known for is that a lot of charging stations are, you know, non-Tesla charging stations are in obscure places. Uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's in the parking lot of the post office, which is in an industrial area. You know, like, yeah. great. So I have to just sit here and twiddle my thumbs. Tesla has put them in the parking lot of strip malls and shopping centers and things like that so that there's yeah. something to do while you're charging. I mean, if you want to sit in your car, you can, but you don't have to. Yeah. So. Well, and given the uh, hot summer, you want it, you want it running. you got to be using that to cool yourself off because you can't sit in the car or in the parking lot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 100 yeah. degree temperatures. Yeah, I mean, as, as everybody across the south, southernmost parts of the U.S. in particular have noticed recently in the, you know, 100 plus degree weather. Yeah, yeah you, you don't hang out out in that weather. That's, well, that's this, 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 the same thing in, in this, in this uh, winter for the people up north, you know. Right. They're not going to freeze to death. Yeah, sub-zero temperature. Car. You're not sitting in it, you know, without the heater on. Right. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, it's so, yeah, you, you got to take a lot into account a lot into account, you know, and, uh, and so, you know, whether or not an electric car makes sense for you in today's world, um, you know, you have to do some thinking about it. And if you buy it on a yeah. whim, just because it's the trendy thing to do, you may get burned. <laughs> Which is know? probably why there's a more, a lot more people buying, uh, battery, uh, hybrids these days. I'm, I'm seeing more hybrids out there. Because they yeah. just don't want to be backed into this corner. That's too right. big a step. Right. Well, and the hybrids, you know, I mean, that you get, you can get tremendous mileage off of a hybrid system, uh, and right. so it's, you know, you can get 
50 miles to the gallon on some of these hybrids, you know, yeah. and I think electric car makes a lot of sense if you have two cars in your family. So you still have a gas car that can take you further distances. And then you use one of them as a commuter to and from work, you know, yeah. as a commuter to and from work, um, that probably makes sense for a lot of people, Yep. but it's not an all purpose vehicle. Like we tend to think of most gas cars. I mean, even, whether you have a $100,000 gas car or the least expensive gas vehicle sold in America, you can jump in it and go drive cross country without really batting an eye and, and, you, yeah. and you know, take a long trip in it. Or you can use it to commute to work. And electric cars just aren't that way. And, you know, longer trips require a lot of planning and thinking and understanding where you're going to charge up. And, you know, it's, By the it way, just requires I, more work on the part of the owner or driver. It, it, it hasn't seemed to occur to the people who are pushing these uh, electric solutions for transportation have thought at all about the roadways. Uh, the proper thing for a commuter vehicle usually is uh, a small one-person vehicle, okay, much smaller, more right. like a bike. And I don't want, nobody wants to go out on a road with big trucks in a, in a small single passenger vehicle. They mm -hmm. just are too vulnerable to the slightest bump from anything. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to segment and build uh, streetways like they have in, in the mm -hmm. New Newfoundland, no, not Newfoundland, uh, Netherlands, uh, for bikes. In fact, there are more bike paths over there than there are streets for, for cars. Yeah. Well, and different cities are arranged differently. You know, um, the city yeah. of uh, Davis in California is a college town, and it is they've got more bikes per capita than than people there as well. Yeah, and so it's one of those. It's one of the places that you know is more oriented toward bicycling, and so you know every uh, there's lots of of sort of separated bike paths so that you're not out there. Yeah, uh, well, you know, and there's a big market right now. You know, it's funny. I've seen a big market in electric or e-bikes. Right. Um, I haven't seen a lot of e-motorcycles. You know, I know they're working on them. I know that, that there are some, you know, some of the traditional brands have them, but they're not pushing it and marketing it quite like the uh, the cars and the, and the bicycle people are. Yeah. You know? Well, the... the down... <laughs> Your e-Harley doesn't make enough noise. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the downside of bikes has a lot to do with environment. You know, if it's mm -hmm. too hot or too cold, you don't want to go on a bike. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so you do want some coverage with a with an air conditioner. So, mm -hmm. you know, there, there, there's a. That's why I said single passenger vehicles. Yeah. Well, that's why I think that one of the most popular electric vehicles out there is the Nissan Leaf. You know, it's a small um, commuter car, basically. And yeah. the, the original one had about a 75 mile range, and I know they've bumped it up to that because 75 miles, if you don't have a charger at work. Almost uh -huh. doesn't get you home for some people. Just depends yeah. on where you live. In Southern California, it's not at all uncommon to to go, you know, twenty miles um, to, to and from yeah. work. Other places, most of the commutes are smaller, you know, um, but not everywhere. And and yeah. then also, you know, the the commute isn't just the how many miles; it's how long it takes you to get there. If you're sitting in traffic, but you still have to run your heater or your air conditioner, you're using battery power. So, That's right. Yep. So, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think that the electrics m make a lot of sense in certain circumstances. You know, I don't want to knock them. And I know if, you know, neither of us are electric vehicle owners. And so, you know, an electric vehicle owner could be listening to this and go, 
Uh, no, that's not at all. It's, it's easy, you know, but, but you know, you, you can't deny that if you're going to take a longer trip in an electric vehicle, there's an additional layer of planning that you have to do that you just don't do with a gas vehicle, not in today's right. world. You know, um, it, you, we may reach a point where, you know, on every freeway off-ramp, you can stop and there's a charging station, just like right now you can stop and there's a gas station, um, yep. you know. Yeah, but but you know, almost every ho- every time you get off of a highway, there's a gas station within a block or two. Uh, right. That's just not the case with electric charging right now. No, nope. you know. Uh, but with, with, I, I have every faith that, that we're going to get there. The way you know the direction we're going, that that's going to end up happening. I think you're going to find that a lot of these these gas stations are probably going to put in you know like in their parking spaces in the in their in front of the gas station there's probably going to be you know electric charging stations so that they can turn yeah. those empty spaces into revenue sources right yeah right and then another thing that is an impactful thing and it's re very real especially pe- people like in texas who about froze to death a couple winters ago uh and that is inadequate power in certain areas yeah. right now without having any cars there at all. And they're saying, you what? You want somebody else to come and use my power? I yeah, mean, put more and more power on the grid. Yeah, yeah. You put more and more pressure on your grid that, that already was failing, right? Uh, did you do something? I can hardly hear you. I did nothing. Something happened. I don't know. Um, our view meters are all fine. I hear you, you hear, uh, and, and I hear me. That's pretty weird. Yeah. Um, uh, well, go, well, we can we can go on. It's not that bad, but it seems like oh, you, I'll bet it I'll bet it has to do with the hearing aid. That's what uh, I was going to say. Is it is your got a hearing aid thing that that's petering uh, out? Yeah, I uh, I turned it up. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that'll help. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, anyway I, why don't we talk about something else than other than electric cars? Let's talk uh, about. Uh, Apple TV's new uh, home for iTunes movie trailers. Yeah, they uh, what they're talking about is that Apple has an app on uh, all of their devices. It comes there. It's called Trailers, and you can watch movie trailers. Mm-hmm. And apparently they're phasing out the app, and they're just folding that function into the Apple TV Plus app. So that, uh, um, and I suspect part of that is because they want to add that functionality in for the non-Apple products, like the Apple, the the the, uh, the smart TVs that that can watch Apple TV, and mm-hmm. for the Android, they run Apple TV as an Android app, and so they want that trailers function to be available uh, for people there. I, you know, honestly, I'm not so sure I like the idea. I feel like it's already getting cluttered. I mean, I don't know. You don't use your Apple TV as much as we do, but I. Um, I watch some Apple TV shows and I've had it about, you know, up to my eyebrows with Apple putting crap commercials. on the page. It's not commercials. It's Well, that, that's it's, what these are, though. Trailers are commercials. Well, no, these are commercials. But some people sit and watch those just for entertainment to see what's you know coming out because they'll show you not only what's available for streaming, what's in the theater. But what I don't right. like about Apple TV in general right now is... I launch Apple TV, and the the way the screen is laid out is there is a um, there is a uh, bar across the top that says "Watch Now Apple TV Plus Sports Store Library." The background is uh, a series of screens that flips through, 
if you do nothing, they just change. And they're just showing you little clips of stuff. Okay. Yeah. The, the very first line is up next. And these are shows that I've been watching. So I can pick the next episode of that show. It'll tell me it's new if it's brand new one out. Uh, you know, if I started watching a movie but didn't finish it or something, it'll be listed in that up next. The next thing down is the entire width of the screen uh, is a commercial for buying their their uh, Major League Soccer season pass. And I could care less about Major League Soccer. I don't want that. The next line after that is a list of all the games in Major League Soccer and what time they're playing. Don't care about that. Uh, then top charts, the top things that are playing on Apple TV, and that's good because, you know, sometimes, you, you know, that's a way to discover what's on there that you may not know. Yeah. Then the next one, after that's now on Apple TV. And so that's all basically more stuff that, you know, I didn't, I'm not watching, but they're just telling me it's on Apple TV. So it's really basically an ad. Then the next line is coming to Apple TV, stuff that's going to be on Apple TV that I can't watch yet. Then the next thing is another season pass thing. So basically everything has been advertising other than the first line telling me what I've been watching. Okay. Yep. And then they have a section of these little round icons that are things that you can subscribe to through Apple TV. Like I can subscribe to stars or HBO or the MLS season pass, uh, you know, through Apple TV. And I subscribe to one thing there, Paramount plus. I used to be able to get to that with two clicks. It now takes me 13 clicks to get down to that part. I counted them the other day cause it was driving me crazy. Huh. And after that's a list of for you personalized stuff that I haven't watched, don't want to watch, but they're saying, Hey, you might want to watch this. You know, it's just, it just feels like the page is full of advertising for stuff. Yeah. You know, it's just, and, and well, it's irritating. But by, by the way, uh, I don't know the difference between iTunes and iMusic. Um, iTunes uh, does I mean as a as a separate standalone used to be that's where you played your music that app doesn't exist anymore now iTunes is just an app to buy stuff from Apple uh, Apple Music it's not iMusic but Apple Music is where you actually play and listen to music unless it's classical or opera in which case then you listen to Apple classical right okay well I don't even know that I have iTunes around anymore I don't I don't think I do. You don't need it because you can buy everything you want through the music app or through the Apple TV app. The iTunes app is redundant at this point. And so I don't think they even show it to you. But if you do a search for it on your iOS devices, it'll show up. I don't think it shows up on the Mac. Oh. On the Mac, iTunes is gone. Okay. Well, I I, I was just – I was going to say uh, yesterday, finally, I did uh, – a thing I haven't done in a long time, and I remembered one of the reasons that I upgraded my iPhone, in addition to being able to upgrade to the latest, you know, uh, iOS and all that. Mm -hmm. One, but one of the reasons for the, the having the upgraded iOS was because uh, a couple versions back, there was a thing called uh, uh, Apple Sing, and I had re suddenly remembered that, and so I said, "Oh, I have a." phone that presumably supports Apple Sing. Okay, so I decided... You're talking to, about their karaoke function. That's right. Yeah. And I'll tell you, first of all, there aren't very many country songs, at least, or country singers that have anything 
that works with Apple iSync. It's very difficult to find, even though they have a special whole segment that you can finally get. Well, it was tough to even find that. Yeah, yeah. They, it's funny because I remember they announced it, and then they've really done nothing with that. Yeah. So anyway, I finally got it to working on my phone, except it really wasn't working because the main thing is, is that when you put it into, uh, there's a little button that you I don't know how to describe it, that you put it, which brings up the uh, highlighted karaoke words, mm -hmm. but also with sing, it's on that same screen when you bring that up those words, that, that highlighter that moves along as the sing, as the verse. Right. Go, time goes by. Uh, anyway, uh, you're supposed to get a little volume thing that can adjust the vo vocal only part of that song. Right, so you can shut well, the, the vocal down within the song so that you're not singing with right. them, you're that's singing right. instead of them, right. And, and the few songs that I did find, uh, that little volume thing didn't work on any of them. It was like it was trying to work, but as soon as you get off of it, the volume pops back up. I mean, you could push it down to the bottom, you know, like this, you want to turn it off and then sing by yourself. And, but if, and maybe... I wasn't singing or loud enough or something for the thing to uh, keep it in that mode. So it quickly popped back on to where the, the, the actual original uh, artist voiced is up high, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't want to listen to them anymore. I wanted to sing myself and I never could get it to where my singing uh, was dominate. So I, I'd find, so I basically ended up finding nothing that fully worked on my phone. Then I started thinking, well, gee, if it, if it works, if it really is out there and it works, I, I should be able to get it to work on my computer, which is the M1 late mo recent model. Never got it to work there. Never. Yeah. Even, I, I mean, I could get the same uh, songs up to where I'd see the the you know the words go under the highlighter but never had a volume slider on it ever yeah so you know it's uh, I don't know if it's just being forgotten or what but there's a whole bunch of pages out there that are uh, web pages where people have tried to help you get the things to work and what to look for at each step so you get some feedback that mm -hmm. you know at least you got this right or that right yeah, and that's what I would have to do even to fun get that to function is I'd have to sit down and do a search to figure out how to do it because there's it's completely unintuitive. There's literally nothing when looking at the music app that makes you go, oh, hey, this could be fun. I could set this up for karaoke. Yeah, they ought to mark the song somehow that with that little voice uh, microphone is basically what they use in the volume uh, icon, mm -hmm. you know, that you can raise and lower the, uh, the artist's uh, voice. But uh, so... They have an icon that would work if they just put it there by the songs so that yeah. you, you know what's what's available. Yeah. Well, and uh, then obviously the the ability to adjust the volume of the vocal is critical. That needs to be something that A, works, and B, is obvious on how to do it. And again, it's not. So, no. No, this is a feature, like I said, Apple, you know, Apple, they're not Google. Google introduces something and then kills it. 
So you don't trust anything that Google puts out, right? Because it, oh. it may not, they'll just decide they don't want to do it anymore and it just disappears. Apple oh. puts it out there. It never disappears. It just never changes, never gets any better. They never fix any of the problems. Like, have you ever noticed on your, uh, on your Mac when you get a notification up in the right-hand corner that it's just a little square with rounded corners, right? A little rounded rectangle with something. In it. I've got one right now that says, hey, there's something from your calendar. Tomorrow... I have a scheduled power outage. My electric company is shutting down the entire neighborhood to upgrade equipment is what they've said. Okay? So I have it on my calendar. So I have a reminder okay. up there. It says, time sensitive, power out tomorrow, 8.30 a.m. If I float my mouse over it, I get the little uh, X up in the top corner to close it. It also has a button on it that says options. Okay. Okay. If I float over the button that says options, the options disappear. I can't see the damn options. <laughs> <laughs> and it's oh. been a problem with the fine folks at, uh, uh, at, at Apple for a long I understand finally in Mac OS 17 they're going to fix that. Oh, well. When are we supposed to get that? Uh, it's in its last beta. I think we're supposed to get it in the next month. Rumor has it. That I, anyway, and I don't think it's one of our things we're talking about today, but I think Mark Gurman, if I'm going to credit the right person, has said he thinks it's going to be on the, um, uh, what was it, 13th, 12th or 13th of September. That'd be yeah. on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Mm. Anyway, so, I, I'm, I'm anxiously looking forward to some of the features there that, that, that they've been talking about it for so long now. Yeah. So we'll see if if it if it actually happens, um, you know that's when they'll have their phone event, and then they'll probably if that if if stuff holds true, if they have it on the twelfth or thirteenth, then the uh, iOS seventeen will come out probably like on that Friday, which would be the fifteenth, and then the following Friday, like on the twenty second, is when the new phones would ship. So yeah. we'll see if that actually comes about. Okay, well, uh, that means the new big phone, the Ultra? Well, I mean, it means the, they'll announce all their phones, so who knows oh. what they're going to, you know. My guess is that they're, they're the, the iPhone 15s are probably going to come in the same form factor that the iPhone 14s came in, which was, you know, a, a small or a standard size and a large size regular phone and a standard size and a large size pro phone. Um, oh. they seem to have abandoned the mini size, which they did. The last one of those was, uh, iPhone 14. Although it'll be interesting to see if maybe they alternate, right? So if 14 had a standard and a large, then the 13 maybe will have a standard and a mini. And then the 16 will go back to a standard and a large. So they alternate every other year. So those oh. who like, cause by, by all accounts, they haven't sold a whole lot of the large or the mini, uh, from what I've been able to glean, course they yeah. don't give us anything specific so maybe they just alternate it and that way they make the 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 buyers of those happy you just have to buy it every other year yeah well most people don't buy a phone but maybe for me five to ten years something like that you know yeah yeah well i don't think they last 10 years but i know what you mean yeah i think that i think honestly from i uh i had read somewhere it was like three to five years is is pretty much when people buy phones yeah so it's you yeah. know and that's that makes sense you know, and, yeah. and if you, you know, I know that those who love the mini loved it, but it didn't sell well, you yeah. know, 
Um, and I know you like it. It's the right, you know, it's a nice size. Uh, honestly, I, I, I'm one of the, in fact, it's one of the things I have on our list to talk about. We can talk about it now. I have an iPhone 14 Pro in the regular size. I don't have the max size. I don't have the big one. And mm-hmm. one of my major complaints about this phone is it's just heavy. It's got a glass front. It's got a glass back. It's got a stainless steel strap around it. The regular yeah. phones are aluminum, and they're much lighter. And one wow. of the things that's rumored to be coming out with the 15 is that the pros are going to go to titanium, titanium. Yeah, which will be it. a much lighter uh, material than the stainless steel. And so hopefully these things aren't going to be such a chunk. You know, I literally remember walking into the Apple store when the iPhone 5 came out and picking one up at, in the store. Uh, in fact, we were on the way up to Sacramento to drop our daughter off for college out at to UC Davis, and we stopped at a mall. And they were shopping for jeans, skinny jeans. And I started talking about, you know, making dad jokes about skinny jeans. And uh, I was invited to leave. So I wandered through the mall while they were buying jeans. <laughs> Turns out they had an Apple store in that mall. And uh, so I, anyway, I picked up the iPhone 5 and I literally turned to the guy and said, is this a mock-up or is this the real phone? I was stunned at how light that phone was and how it felt in my hand. It was one of the most enjoyable experiences ever was picking up that phone and realizing how tiny and light and comfortable it fit in your hand because it was tall and narrow. And it just Uh was just one of my favorite all-time phones uh, from Apple. I liked the the, uh, iPhone 5, and I really liked the iPhone 7 as well. Um, But... um, iPhone 7 was the first one that didn't have real buttons. It had a place where that looked like a button, but there was no button there. And it was, you know, when you pushed on it, it made the little thump to make you think you were pushing a button. Um, liked <laughs> I liked that phone a lot. It was just a good phone. Again, fit a in fake, my hand. A fake, fake button, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they do that. In the, they did that in the iPhone 8 as well. Um, you know, they were trying to get away from mechanical things that wear out and break. And so... Uh, of course, that you know the the complex little thing that went thump underneath there, I guess, could wear out and break just as easily as a button. But it was also a place where there could be ingress of dust and water and such, you know. Yeah. So anyhow, um, like the iPhone five, uh, the trailers app is going to be rolled into the TV app. Um, you know, it's just going to take an app that's already feeling cluttered and too, with too much crap in it and adding more stuff to it. I'm not sure I'm a fan, but we'll see. You know. <laughs> Depends on how they do it, I guess. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm starting to get a little irritated with some of those things, but we'll see. Um, you know, they, it's funny. They're, they're putting more stuff into the Apple TV app, and I'm like, did they learn nothing from iTunes? Because remember, iTunes got so cluttered. It was a place where music you bought could be played, music that yeah. you, you were streaming could be played. It was, you know, and, 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 you, and so they finally broke it up and said, okay, part of this is going to go into the TV app. Part of it's going to go into the um, – uh, the music app, you know, cause that was where you watched your movies and everything. iTunes stores where, you know, the iTunes app was everything. And now mm-hmm. they're going back and doing it. It's like, Oh, let's put everything in this app. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, I guess the pendulum swings both ways. LG yeah. has apparently purchased uh, micro led patents and they're going to be building micro led displays for the watch. And this has been a trend that Apple's been on before. It's like if they're going to do something new, a new technology for screens, it first finds its way to the market in the watch because yeah. if there's less I mean they sell a lot of them, but there's less of those than 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 there are um uh phones. 
and and it's a much smaller screen so it's easier to deal with as far as like uh production you know you're <laughs> less likely to have bad pixels and stuff so there's less waste in the early production and so the watch is sort of their test bed for new screen technology so um yeah. we'll, we'll see when it makes it they're saying that the second half of 2024 they may see that come out which is interesting because that also kind of meshes with another article that i read about uh apple doing a redesign for the 10th anniversary watch that it's no longer going to look like the little uh rectangular pill um which well, that would that would make sense. I mean, remember the 10th anniversary phone is the one that they went to Face ID and completely changed the. They did a complete rethink on how the phone works, right? Yeah. Anyway, uh, I I was thinking when I saw this thing how big it is on this guy's wrist. This picture on the article, and mm. and I thought, gosh, you know, they're they're expanding it in the wrong direction. Uh, they're making it taller instead of wider. And I don't, I'm not sure why that is. And maybe it's just because the wrist joint there, they assume everybody wants their watch right there in one spot. And mine usually sits behind that. It's over back on my arm because, you know, it might, if I uh, put it right on the joint, then I can't really lift my hand up comfortably. Yeah, I was just looking phone? at the picture that they've got on there versus where <laughs> I have my watch on right now. My watch sits a good half to three quarters of an inch further up my arm than that. Yeah, that, that's, that's mine too. Uh, so I would say that uh, I'd rather have something more the shape of a, of a regular, well, at least the, uh, uh, it's more like a screen, wider than rather than taller. More like yeah. a screen doesn't make sense because most people think of screens well, as their vertical iPads and phones. Well, I'm, so I'm you're talking like a television. television. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. You'd rather be it, it wider than taller. Um, you know, traditionally in in the watch world in horology uh, uh, or horology, the um, the square faces were oriented this way. And so I think that was part of it was they were kind of sticking with the tradition of watches. And I think part of that was originally because of you didn't want a wide watch to to get in the way of your wrist because the band traditionally goes through the center of the wrist, top and bottom. Right. So mm -hmm. if it's really wide, then it's going to stick out over your wrist joint. Um, but quite honestly, the band doesn't have to be centered on there. It can be off centered. You can have the screen come back up your arm a ways if you wanted to. Um, I don't know. I, I think that would have been a, a bridge too far to sell if they, if they made it too much wider than taller, you know, uh, for, for people, yeah. you know, that doesn't mean that they won't like introduce the, you know, the, what are the ultra, you know, they were, I guess they've already got the watch ultra, right? So this would be the max ultra or the, or, you know, what I'm trying to think of the words that Apple uses for these things, but you know, a, uh, a imagine that screen double its size, so you put two of them side by side, essentially, and have a screen that actually goes up your wrist, you know, two inches. Yeah. And anyway, this ultra reminds me of the Rolex watches yeah. because Rolex seem to appeal to people who like monster sizes, you know, yeah. thickness and everything. And I never liked that. I, I you know, people yeah. say Rolex and I said, yuck. Depends in on the Rolex, of, but I know what you mean. Yeah. But they, it, uh, it, it, it lacks elegance. Yeah. And, I and will I tell always, you. I liked thin watches, as I told you, and I have one. And yeah. I looked at that and and compared that to these things. And I'm sure. saying, why don't they ever, you know, Apple was known for thin and small and, 
Yeah, they haven't elegance. made their watch significantly thinner at all. Um, yeah, and well, and the other thing you don't you can't tell is you know the size of people's hands and wrists vary significantly. So you know the um, the arm that that watch is on looks mm -hmm. kind of small to me. You know, I've got a watch on. It's not an Apple Watch, but it's the size of that Apple Watch, and and my it looks significantly smaller on my wrist than it does in that picture. So you know, different size people. You know, a yeah. petite a petite person is probably not going to wear the Apple Watch Ultra. Let's put it that way. It's um, yeah. And from everything I've read, everybody who you, who's really an outdoorsy person, which is who this Ultra is theoretically targeted for, uh, if you're a person who is into cycling or hiking or backpacking or anything like that, then you buy a Garmin watch. You don't buy one of these. Garmin watches last multiple days without battery issues and they you know, they use different screen technology that maybe isn't quite as bright and isn't quite as sharp but and and they're not as general purpose in terms of just loading apps on them but they're much more targeted towards that audience and the battery life is still significantly better i mean like two and three times better than the apple watch you know and to me the whole idea of putting a compass on here like this, the guy northeast, south, and west, you yeah. know, on here, mm -hmm. uh, that 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 is absolutely insane. I I I can go outside and instantly tell you which are what the directions are, unless it's a cloudy over day, and even on some cloudy days, I can tell you which where the sun's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are there are places and times when that's not as easy to do that's you know it's funny that's been an easy one that chip has been in the watch since day one you've been able to have a compass in your watch and in your phone so well, you know i i don't whether I don't you have use any it or not on my watch <laughs> yeah you do it's there you just don't choose to use it that's right my it's face a, doesn't have it it's a built-in app you can go launch it well that's not a, i don't think that's an actual face that he has he's just running an app it's one of it but the compass app has been built into the watch from day one Oh, so. well, okay. I, I don't push the button and use apps. I use the watch. Yeah. My, the apps that I want on there come up automatically, like when I plug my... Uh, sure, but not everybody uses the, the watch the way you do. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, you talk about when you're like automatically driving and stuff too. I don't like that. I don't. I, that's one of the things I don't like. And when I when I'm I, I enjoy when I'm wearing one of my watches that's not the Apple Watch is I'm driving. I don't have anything tapping on my wrist. Saying like it's time to turn, huh? Yeah, I, and to this day, I mean, I, I've been using the dang thing for what eight, nine years now. Is, um, there a, is there a setting to turn it off? There probably is. I need to dig around and find it, but it's because it's it's. I can Apple, I Apple, cannot right? tell the difference between a turn left tap and a turn right tap, and never have been able to. It's been like I said, almost a decade now. It's coming up on nine years. Next year is the tenth anniversary of the watch, and I had the very first version of the watch. I still can't tell turn right and turn left differences. So that tapping just is an annoyance to me, <laughs> you know, yeah. but that's, again, that's me. Somebody else may go, the tapping's great. I love the tapping. It's real easy to tell if I'm supposed to go right or left. I don't have to look at my watch. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Doesn't work for me. I guess we learn the things we want to learn. We're all different. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, and sometimes I think that too, there's just certain things make sense to you and click and other things just for whatever reason don't. You know, I wouldn't, I have literally tried to, I have set a, set a mm -hmm. destination on my phone or on my, yeah, on my phone and driven and list and felt for the taps going, is that a right turn tap or a left turn tap? And I just can't tell. I just, it's, it's tap, 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 or tap, 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 tap. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, it just doesn't, 
I'm sure there's a difference there. Somebody's going to say, oh, it's so obvious. I need somebody to tell me what the difference is because I can't. I have not been able to pick it up. Uh, yeah. So Apple has a new patent application out revealing in-air hand gestures to control the Mac, the iPad, and the Apple TV. So they're going to have us waving our hands around like idiots in front of our devices to make them do things. You know, I... I, I think it's going to create some problems unless these are really unique movements because yeah. it, you're going to unconsciously cause things to happen that you may not yeah. want to happen. I could just see this. You know, you do one of those big, uh, you know, body jerking sneezes and suddenly your your, t <laughs> your TV switches over and you're watching, you know, something. You're you're watching The View and you're, and you're you know, uh, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, what, what? You know. We, we have that problem already with the controllers that lay on the, this uh, little pad between my wife and I. Yeah, the, yeah, on your couch, the little table that comes down, yeah. yeah. And and one of the controllers, uh, we're just in a hurry to get out this morning to go to the grocery store, as I told you we uh, went this morning. Mm -hmm. And and lo and behold, I start to hear this noise. It took me a little minute to figure out what it is. It's my awning outside is coming down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had tapped the... Tap the wrong button, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. You know, I we do that all the time too. You know, it's like the you know we've got a, a little lap dog and he'll like step on something and suddenly the volume goes away or the channel changes or you know and you're like what the heck, you know I'm sitting there and the fan goes on, you know turns on and starts blowing oh, on yeah. me. You know, like why is the fan blowing on me now? You know? Oh, our our fa our fan is the worst uh, offender in the house. We think that somebody in the neighborhood has something that turns it on. <laughs> because it's it's frequent that we have to turn it off, or That's we'll funny. or we'll wake up in the morning if things been going who I guess all night I don't know yeah it just so anyway there we do have a wall switch so we can turn off the you know the whole right unit. yeah just power it off and then it won't magically come on and on but, by itself but we have a little protector over that we don't want somebody to accidentally turn that off so when we try to do it with the RF you know control we. Uh, we can we can still do it that way. Yeah. Anyway, electronics can uh, can be helpful and be a hindrance also, can it? it? You know, it can. It's funny. I have been a big proponent of the smart home and have lots of my stuff in my house on smart stuff. And I've just come to the conclusion I'm using HomeKit and I've got the, you know, a thread stuff so it's supposed to be on its own network so i don't have to worry about it being attached to you know funky bluetooth or wi-fi or and, and so i mean it's it's not only is it the smart home stuff it's like using the latest technology smart home stuff i have had hmm. nothing but just continued problems with stuff just not working stuff dropping off the network stuff you know, you, you, you try to use the voice command to turn something on and it doesn't work. You do a voice command on one home, uh, on one home pod and it won't work. You walk into another room, say the same thing to another home pod and it does work. Um, you use my phone, it, my phone maybe can or can't turn off something. My wife's phone can turn on and off other things. It's, and we're all in the same damn network uh -huh. in the same home kit home. And, you know, and, and it's just, it's just maddening. It just is absolutely mad. And she looks at me and goes, how do I supposed to do this? And I went, 
hell if I know. I, you know, I just <laughs> you know, um, I mean, uh, at least everything is, you know, there. You, we've got a mechanical switch, or you can physically unplug things if you can't get the stupid light to turn off. I've got a light in my living room that's been on for for three weeks. I don't know how to turn it off. Can't get it to turn off. I'm I mean, blocked. I can I can physically go over and I can physically go over and turn it off, but I like it on in the evenings. So then I got to plug it back in. So that means I have to un. So yeah, I've 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 gone from you have a switch to turn things on to now I have a smart home, which means I physically have to unplug and plug things. So I have to reach behind a cabinet to unplug the stupid light every night. It's uh, you know, and it's like I, I feel like I've gone way backwards, and technology has not helped me at all. I. I and, and, and as somebody who's a fan of home automation and, and of HomeKit in particular, I don't I don't know what to say. You know, it's one of those things where it's like I, I don't know how to explain how this has completely gone off the rails. Well, and the, Apple doesn't seem to. You know, the the thing about it that was so frustrating about it is there's nowhere in the in the infrastructure of HomeKit to go look at a log of what the hell's going on. You know. I yeah. want to be able to go look at a log and say, why did this just turn on? Why did that turn off? What sent that signal to it so I can see what it is? How come this device I can see on my de- on my phone, but on my wife's phone, she can't see this device. It says it's unavailable. Every time I launch HomeKit to look at my apps, half the crap is unavailable. But it's not always the same crap. It's like half of it is on, half of it is off. I don't understand it. It's just there's and there's literally no information for troubleshooting. It is yeah. the biggest pile of crap I have ever seen. And it's just it's it's maddening that they've got such such a cool idea and you thought, "Oh, Apple's coming into this arena, they're going to make it better." They have not made it better. All they have done is just exacerbate the crap that was already out there. Yeah. Well, that's it's not just one company. It's it's throughout the electronics industry. And I say, especially in the television world, because my wife watches a lot more television than I do. But I'll tell you, I can't tell you the number of times when the picture has frozen or it, the screen turns black and have no idea for it. And I says, just wait a minute, it'll come back on. And I was right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, why? Some, somebody turned their camera off and somebody in the control room wasn't watching their, their job. That's what, there's all these people involved and people make mistakes, you know? Yeah, but I don't even know if it's that. I, don't, I think the system has been so poorly designed and so poorly maintained. There's been so little effort. Nobody, I would bet there's literally nobody at Apple whose job is to make HomeKit work. It's like the, the guys who's in charge of it will every once in a while grab a programmer and say, hey, we need to do something with HomeKit. We haven't done it in a while. Add a feature. And the guy will go, okay, let me go look at the list of ideas. That one looks good. We'll add that feature. Nobody ever is, is – it's so clear that nobody's paying attention. Nobody's watching the chicken coop because HomeKit is a pile of crap. Hmm. You know, yeah. and it's supposed to be the, the you know, Apple coming in and showing the world how everything works. So many things – I mean, I've got a whole thing here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighteen things. Say no response. For huh. no reason. And that, that list changes. Next time I go to use it, it'll be something else that says no response. Yeah. You know, and I don't know why. And I'll go cycle the power on and off on that thing that says no response. And it'll come back on for a while, but then something else will drop off. You know, and it's just constant. 
You know, it doesn't. And like I said, you know, why does I've got multiple home pods in my house? How come I can tell one home pod to turn on a light and it works? And I go to the other one and it says the device is not responding. <laughs> it's like it's talking to one home pod, but not the other home pod. And again, nowhere in the ecosystem is there a way to go look at a log file, at least not that's been exposed to humans. I mean, Apple maybe can see it, but there's nowhere for me to see a log file to go like, what the hell's going on? Why can't why is this not working? There's no way to troubleshoot it. Yeah. That's the main thing. Is like, I get it. A lot of individuals, a lot of people, they, they're not going to troubleshoot it. They're just going to throw up their hands and say, send this crap back. I'm not going to, it doesn't work. Um, you know, I'm a technical person. I want to troubleshoot this. You yeah. know, on my computer, on my phone, on my iPad, there's ways to troubleshoot things that aren't working. I can go find logs in, hidden in the system that can tell me, you know, what's going on and what the series of events was that led to this giant, you know, I, I, I want to start cussing here, but this, this <laughs> giant, you know, pile of garbage when it, when it, when it all implodes. There's just, it doesn't exist with HomeKit. There's literally no way to go figure out what was going on. I found an app. That would like that you could like run that would like log all of you know each each time something was told to go on or off or something like that. But you have to have that. It was an iOS app, and you have to leave it running all the time in order for it to to, to track that. You can't shut it off. And it's yeah. like, well, I can't walk around. Then I can't use my phone. You know, I have to do dedicated device, an iPad or something, to sitting there running this stupid app so that I can figure out what's going on. And I tried using that to troubleshoot too, and it was flaky. It, it kept falling off, you know. It, was, it just can't win. By, by the way, uh, I, I want you had already introduced this article on hand gestures and stuff, mm -hmm. but I wanted to make a comment while I'm thinking about it, and that is that means that every device that they listed has a camera on it somewhere, so that instead of just listening to us all the time, this is the beginning of the home invasion visual. Yeah, yeah, they're going to do the same thing that they do with um, – with uh, uh, audio, they want to do it now with video. So, yep. yeah, and it, it's, you know, again, and that means you have to pick a company that you trust, right? If you're yeah. going to allow that into your house. So the question is, who do you trust enough to allow them to have a camera? It's either, it's either that or get a bandage so that when, he, when you put each of these devices in, you cover the uh, lens of the, of the offenders. Yeah. You know, I um, bought... Uh, on Amazon, a little sheet of uh, stickers, and they're basically designed with a type of um, uh, adhesive that won't put goo on the on the lens, so you lens. can peel, so you can peel them back off. And they come in like two or three different sizes depending on the size of the camera that you're trying to cover up. Huh. And, and and like I have here in front of me a uh, Amazon Fire tablet, and it has a sticker over the camera because. I don't trust Amazon. Yep. <laughs> and I'm sure it's listening to me and it's probably taking note. Uh-huh. Here's, here's, he doesn't trust us, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Guess why I don't trust you? Because you know that I don't trust you. Because you're listening. <laughs> which, which brings me to another article that we have to talk about today. And that's the fact that the schools have all capitulated to the Google world. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is uh, uh, looking at our kids and learning what they uh, know about their families and, and all of that. Yep. You know they're doing it. Oh, yeah. They are tracking all those kids using those Chrome tablets or Chrome Chromebooks in school. They, yep. uh, 
Yeah, Google won that. And, you know, the, the, the reason was is that is an incredibly price-sensitive market. And, yeah. uh, you know, there some of the higher-end higher end schools, some private schools are using iPads. But, yeah. uh, but you know that the vast majority of public schools are using Chromebooks now. I mean, my yeah. wife teaches in a public school, and she's got a set of Chromebooks that she uses in her classroom for teaching things. Oh, you let her bring them home? So, no, she hasn't had them home. <laughs> Although... I've got a Chromebook sitting behind me here, and I've got a, I've got a Chrome box. Most people haven't heard of a Chrome box, but it's just a little. It looks like a, um, uh, one of the Intel Nook computers or like a Mac Mini. It's just a little box that plugs in. Uh-huh. It plugs in and it gives you the Chrome OS on your desktop. Oh. So I can switch to that amongst my different computers here in the room, and I just wanted to, wanted to be able to go to one to see what it's like and use it and. You know, inevitably, my wife comes home and asks questions. You know, I say, hey, my Chromebooks are doing this. How does that work? And I wanted to be able to figure it out for her. And so I wanted to have one here. Mm-hmm. So, and it was really cheap, which is what is the you know calling card of Chromebooks, right? Yep, absolutely. What, three three of them, they said, for what you could buy a pad iPad for? Something like that, yeah. I think they average somewhere around 250 bucks a piece. And I'm sure if you're buying it in bulk for a school, they're probably under $200. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, an iPad is, uh, in fact, they're probably around $100 for schools in bulk, you know, because, I mean, you can get a basic iPad, right, for, uh, was it 324 I think, is the list price on the, the low-end yeah. iPad. You know, and it's a more capable device, and anything that you could do on a Chromepad, you could do on an iPad. But, but most of the Chromebooks come in a clamshell design, so they have a keyboard built in, and... Uh, and that's one of the things that's required for doing online testing for any kind of state testing and stuff is have a keyboard that's physically attached to the screen. Um, you know, so a Bluetooth keyboard doesn't even count. So. Yep. Because, hey, those smart kids out there that are passing these tests also learned how to use somebody else's Bluetooth keyboard on your screen so that they could type <laughs> in the answers. You know? So no, no wireless keyboards. So. Yeah. You know, and then Apple came out with a keyboard that works just like the one with the with the Pro iPads that attaches magnetically, so it's physically connected. Mm-hmm. But by the time you add that in, now you've added in another, you know, eighty bucks or hundred bucks to the cost of the thing, and so it's they're just not price competitive with Chromebooks, and they don't want to be. They don't want to sell at that low end, and so that means that that market, they've lost. Yep. So, you know, and I don't know how much pro- how much. Um, Profit the folks at you know, uh, Asus and you know the other Chromebook manufacturers. HP makes them, but you know these uh, uh, a lot of the um, uh, Chinese and um, uh, Korean manufacturing now, companies make those low end. I have a question for you in Chrome, and I'm not familiar. I'm really a novice as mm-hmm. far as Chrome goes. I'm assuming that it's mostly a text based system. You're wrong. They have graphics. They it's have a fully GUI in system. It, if you, it just looks like another operating system, like you're sitting in front of a Windows machine or a Mac machine. The windows look a little different and work a little different, but it's it's fully GUI. To, so, you know, so the yeah. so the quality of the picture is not very good. What? How do they? Where do they cut the costs? No, I mean the screen is as good as the screen is. You can buy you can buy a thousand dollar Chromebook and get a high high quality screen, or you can buy a, a cheap Chromebook and get a cheap screen. Schools are buying the cheap ones, you know that. Sure. Oh, of course. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, I've I've got a laptop that I used. Uh, like I said, I've got an older Chromebook, and then I've got the Chrome box. 
the Chrome box, the screen quality, the image quality, you know, I'm using the same screen. I just hit a button and switch to a different device on my, you know, on my server panel here. Um, is every bit as good as the Mac screen that I'm looking at? You wouldn't know the difference other than, again, it's just their, their operating system is just designed a little different. Um, and the laptop I've got, even though I've got a cheap one, the screen quality is actually pretty good. I mean, it's not, you know, yes, you could say that is not, it is not a um, retina quality screen that you would get on a Mac. It also costs, you know, less than a quarter of what the Mac costs, you know, and it's a completely functional computer. So, mm. but does require that you have Wi-Fi connection because it's, it's basically, you know, requires you have a way to get to the internet for all of its functionality. Yep. So, but they, you know, app Google's even addressed that because you can download, uh, docs and stuff into the thing and, and like do editing and create docs offline. And then it just automatically in the background syncs it back up to the cloud as soon as you attach. Well, I figured for a school, don't they, uh, put servers or something in the school so that it's quick and they don't have to depend on external connections that could fail? Most of the schools don't do that because that would require they spend money on infrastructure. And so everything that you're seeing is on, on the, on the Google I mean, devices could, is internet. I, I mean, unless you've got a pretty reliable vendor for your uh, internet, thing, things could go down for a week at a time, you know? Well, they, their reliability is about the same as it is at your house. When's the last yeah. time you were without internet for a week? Yeah, well, okay. You know, I mean, it's the, you know, it's it's the same vendors. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, they have to if they've got, you know, a thousand kids in a school, they've got to have um, you know more bandwidth, but the reliability doesn't change with the bandwidth. Yeah. So, and in fact, if they're smart in the way they set it up, it actually goes up because that means you'll have to have multiple feeds. So, you know, if you lose one feed, you lose some bandwidth, but you don't lose connectivity. Mm -hmm. And some schools set it up. In fact, I think most schools set it up so that there's a, a student internet and then there's a faculty internet and the two are kept separate. So the student internet is pretty throttled in terms of what they're allowed to go to and see. There's a, you know, they'll put a, um, yeah. uh, uh, pretty tight restrictions on, on the websites that they're allowed to get to. Whereas the faculty is usually open, if not more open, you know, <laughs> they might be completely open, but my guess is I, that most Todd, of those are blocked somewhat. Todd, occasionally I'm hearing another voice coming in over you. Huh? I don't hear anything. I don't know. Are you playing a? Uh, uh, you've got an advertisement that started auto playing on one of your web pages or something? No, I'm not not aware of it. It just just started to happen here. I don't know. So I thought maybe we were being spied on. Probably are being spied on, but I don't. I'm not hearing anything. Oh. Maybe well, one I, of your neighbors is using the same frequency. <laughs> I, I clearly heard somebody say hello, hello. You know, you want to hear something freaky, too. I, yesterday, was sitting in my uh, bedroom watching, I guess it was like the football game or something on. Uh, something was on TV. I don't know what it was. But it wasn't it, the out of the HomePod speaker next to me. I heard 
either a young kid or a female voice say, hello, are you there? Hmm. And so I paused the, the TV and I went, I'm here. Hello. And nothing. Hmm. But it just said that. And it was the weirdest thing. It was kind of creepy. You know, yeah. and I know there's ways to like, I mean, we use it sometimes. Well, we, I use it. My wife never uses it. I've told her, but you can use the word announce. So you can say, Hey, Shlomo announce, and then say something and it'll announce it on all the home pods in the house. Hmm. You know? So I've told yeah. her just say, Hey, Shlomo announce lunch is ready. And when I'm out in the shack, my little home pod in here, will say, you know, lunch is ready, but it doesn't just say it in its own voice. It's, it's just a recording of her. So it just repeats oh. what she said. So I hear her voice. So I know it's her. Uh -huh. I did not recognize the voice of the person who said, hello, are you there? And uh -huh. I know she didn't do it. So I'm like, how did somebody say, hello, are you there? They on were my, on your network. Huh? On my <laughs> home pod. Some next network sharing going on yeah, there. Yeah, huh? I think it's the fine folks at Siri screwing up. Probably messing up my my uh, home kit stuff. That's it's the ghost in the machine, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. But that's and now you heard something like that. Yeah. So anyway, I I thought maybe it came from your end. I didn't know. I who, who knows? Yeah, and if it did, it didn't play into my system. I did not hear it. I don't think it got recorded. But hmm. you know what? I will go back and listen to our recording at about that you know, one hour mark and see <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah. really creepy. So, okay. Well, let's you know, see. it's funny. That was about the time that I opened up my uh, home kit app too. Oh, maybe that's what another. Cause I, I, when we were talking about it, I opened it up to see what was, you know, showing no response. And right yeah. now I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's just not responding. Uh, that's on, on the Mac. Now, if I picked up my phone, I would probably see some no responses, but it'd be different things. Huh. Stupid home kit. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's an article here who says that on the phones, that the end call button in the phone app is going to be moved. Yeah. And they show a couple pictures here away from the center of the screen to the lower right corner. Yeah. Do you think that's going to be a problem? Do you find, I, I mean, looking at that, does that look like, you know, do you have enough muscle memory? You think you're going to be tapping on the FaceTime button, which is sort of in the center? I, I don't know. You suppose? I, I don't I'm, think so. I think because it's bright red, it stands out. It's going to be really yeah. easy to, to tap. You know, what they're, they they're did just... is they got rid of the add call button. Now, what that means is when you're talking to somebody, no, I guess they do. It's, it's just they changed it to add instead of add call. So what do they get rid of? They got the mute? Well, the, the mute. plus, the plus. No, but that's that's called add call. And if you look on the bottom one, on the new one, it's the bottom left-hand corner is the same thing. It's, oh, just it's called just, add oh. now, and they changed the icon. Oh, I see, yeah. Right? And the speaker's well, there. They moved the audio to the other side. And they swapped audio and mute. That'll probably bother me more than the end call will. Yeah. And the keypad. Wait a minute. They had to have got... Oh, contacts. Contacts, contacts isn't there. And that makes sense. When you're on a phone call with somebody, you probably don't need to look up somebody. That's right. Yeah. So that... Yeah, I think that's... I, I totally agree with this new change. I mean, yep. time will tell. Same as a button. Get, yeah. Gets rid of some... Yeah. It, it, and, it, and it, you know, stacks everything down at the bottom where you can hit it with your thumb easier. Although if you're talking to somebody and they say, what's so-and-so's phone number? 
Yeah, well, but you can then swipe up and go to your contacts app if you want. Yeah. You can still get to contacts. You just don't have a quick button right there. Yeah. So I'm fine with that. That hasn't ha happened that often. Or you can add contacts in, right? Yeah. You can add another button. Well, you, you <laughs> now what that add contacts is, is if you're talking to, say you're talking to me and we want to add in my brother to the call. We could then add him to the call, and it would ring his phone, and then he would join us, and we'd have a three-way call going. Yeah. So. Anyhow, always somebody thinking about ways to re to change things, yeah. which is what both of our wives hate is any change. Don't mess right. with me. Right. Stop messing with me. Yeah. And they well, just keep doing. <laughs> and, and if you're going to change something, change something that already is, you know that has problems, like HomeKit. Don't, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I hate the, I mean, I'm looking at this going, okay, it makes sense. The change is fine, but why mm -hmm. are there people, people who are, who are getting confused with the old one is something not working with the old screen. What was the impetus for that change? Cause I'll tell you, there are people who are not, who are confused and things are not working with HomeKit. Why mm -hmm. isn't that bidding fixed? Okay, you did your rant thing already. Yeah, I know. I'm getting back. I'm working back up to it. I'm getting back up to the. the I hate that. Okay, so I already talked about Apple uh, is uh, theoretically uh, going to have titanium chassis. That is what the rumor is out there for their pro phones. The pro phones will be titanium. The uh, non-pro phones will may, uh, remain aluminum. I think that that's a way overdue mo move to to provide some lightness because. Um, right now the phones are a chunk, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, I noticed it when summer came around too, mostly cause when I was wearing, like, uh, if you're wearing shorts, especially if you're wearing shorts that just have an elastic top on them, you put a heavy phone in the pocket and you feel like your pants are coming down. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not a feeling I like. So then I walk around holding the phone in my hand, which just means I'm going to drop it and bang it and crash it and crack it. And, you know, yeah. See, I, I have never bought a case for my new phone, and I'm still, to this day, I, I don't like the feel of the phone, but I just almost didn't want to put a case on it. I'm saying it's kind of pretty to look at. Yeah. <laughs> but I do worry about dropping it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you can take that, remember that, that theory you always had about covering stuff up, right? Don't cover it up until you've already dinged it up. Right. You know. Yeah, that that lesson I learned from my mother. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to relay the story now. That yeah, when, way back when I was a little kid, they used to uh, uh, have beautiful seats. That was a big thing to sell cars. You open that door, you know, and everybody had different designs on their seats. Mm -hmm. and some, that was a really, really a big part of the sale, I think. For, yeah, it was to appeal how, to the women. In how, a way. how comfortable was that chair? And yeah, and my mother says, "Oh, that's that's so pretty, but we don't want to mess it up because it'll uh, look awful after a while. Uh, you know, we won't be able to sell the car because this has got a lot, you know solid yeah. color stains will show and all that." So she said, uh, "Do they have any seat covers that we can cover it with?" And they did. They had a kind of a plastic woven uh, seat, and we covered the car all up. And my folks at that time were trading cars about every three or four years. And when the time came for doing that, mom said, well, let's take that off and have the seats to look real nice. Look as good and, as new. And, and what a shock she was in for because the plastic wasn't a, a 
solid plastic. It had through the weaves, all the dirt had soaked through it, and you could see the pattern of the weaves on the plain thing where the dirt had come through. And not only that, some uh, moisture, uh, some spills had occurred on the seat cover, and some of those soaked through the so-called cover protection. Yes, the covers were not very good so, covers. <laughs> so everything she was trying to protect against did not was not yeah. protected. Happened and anyway. Was, <laughs> yeah, and this was the most god-awful things, and now they didn't have seat covers on them, so they had to go buy seat covers to cover the mess that was made uh, because yeah. the protection wasn't real protection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and I remember she was she she was so down about that. It seemed I like years. I mean, she talked about that the worst experience she had beautiful seats and never got to enjoy them because they covered them up right away to protect them well apparently she never learned that well or she learned her lesson because she got different better covers the next time around because what i remember about her is anytime we were there i don't know if she had them on all the time but anytime we were there she had plastic clear plastic covers all over her her furniture in the living room yeah, and I thought, can you imagine something more uncomfortable to sit on than this thick, clear plastic that she put over the top of it? Yeah, her... so, so that you could see it, that it was really nice if it wasn't there. Right. But if you wanted to really see it, then you had to leave and not not be there because she'll take them off so it's a showroom then, you know? Yeah, because then nobody actually uses that room. <laughs> but if somebody's going to use that room, we're going to cover it up. Yep. Yeah, yep. Uh... Anyway. Yeah, that's what I always assumed was that when we weren't there, when when all the grandkids weren't there, then she uncovered them so they'd look pretty. You yeah, know? but uh, but yeah, when we were there, she covered them all up. And... Having six kids of her own, she never did really trust kids. They were going to mess something up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. She knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Apple's there's some some rumors leaking out about Apple's um, next SE phone. Which means that if you're going to get mom a replacement for her phone with a button, you better move fast. Because when the SE comes out, button's gone. The new SE is going to be basically, I think, very much the mini. I think they're going to basically take the phone that you have and turn Mm -hmm. that into the SE. And they'll put in whatever the most recent guts are as far as the CPU and stuff. So it'll be updated. But they're just going to do a small version of the phone with Face ID and all that. Which means those of you who who really like the, the old standard iPhone interface with a button on the front uh, are, are out of luck. That's finally going to go away out of the... Because right now the only phone in the line that you can buy is the SE that still has that front button on it. Ah, so, so then, then, then it'll go away, huh? Yeah. And the current well. SE was the equivalent of the iPhone 13. So it's only a year old. So I suspect this probably won't come out till next year after the 15s are out. Because they only update the SE every other year or so. So, okay. Well, maybe I'll have to have to get one. Yeah. Well, and that way she can be on the latest software and be protected from, you know, online bugs and stuff and get all the updates. Yeah. So. Yeah, something to use that'll, that'll work with Apple Sing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Apple Sing works. Hey, <laughs> hey, maybe HomeKit will work on that phone. Oh, wow. All these things that don't work. Yeah. You know, I I hate to say it, but that's sort of becoming Apple's MO in certain areas. Introduce something, and if it doesn't, if it's not popular, we just ignore it. You know, if it's really popular, we'll, you know, it gets a lot of attention. But if it's not, if it's not immediately like a big thing that there's a lot of people writing about and talking about, then it just sits there. 
Now, you'll notice that on the title of this, uh, the uh, Apple 4X, it says, oh, that's not the one we were looking at, was it? We were talking about the iPhone SE 4. Yeah, that was one. Yeah, SE. That was above it. Oh, uh, the, anyway, the i4X has a new band system and more. Okay, yeah, we hadn't gotten to that yet, but we'll just go to it. The SE, there wasn't much to say. So this yeah. is the other room where we had talked about the possibility of, of changing the design of the... Oh, this is a watch, not a phone. This yeah, is a the, watch. The 10th generation watch, they've been talking about that being a redesign because uh, they really haven't redesigned the watch. They added the Ultra last year, which is the first watch that sort of is different, but it still mm -hmm. used the same watch bands. So now they're saying that the 10th anniversary phone, much like the 10th, or 10th anniversary watch, much like the 10th anniversary phone, will be a major change in the way the phone wor or the watch works. Gosh darn it. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, they did that with the phone, right? They, the, the, the iPhone 10 was a big difference from what we had seen before in iPhones. And right. so, you know, I mean, once a decade, it's probably not a bad idea to rethink, you know, the thing from the ground up and say, what, what works? What, what can we do better? You know, technologies move mm -hmm. forward in a decade. What's the right way to do this? And so it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Apple Watch 10. Um, I don't know. I have an Apple Watch 7. They want to start people over and purchasing watch bands because I'm sure that lots of fashion pieces oh, sure. buy multiple bands. Yeah. I never have, but... Uh, yeah, I've got several different bands, but I tend to not buy the Apple bands. I buy the knockoff bands, you know, and if they're not built as well and they fall apart, I don't care because, you know, it cost me five, ten bucks, fifteen bucks to buy it instead of fifty to a hundred bucks like Apple charges. Yeah. Um, but... Well, I... I like my current watch. It's a blue watch, but I have a, a blue and green uh, band. Mm -hmm. uh, the blue sort of ties into the, it's like an army green. Mm -hmm. And there, and the face of my watch is all in green. So that even goes, but the case of the band is blue. Well, you can change the face to whatever you want. Yeah, well, that's true. So you well, can change it to uh, blue and silver, and that way then it matches your, your local football team colors. Yeah, I guess I could. Anyway, I have there's always multiple faces available, so occasionally I'll slide it over to where I can get the stock prices. You know, like yeah. Uh, not that I'm an investor these days, but anyway, yeah. I just like to look and see what's going on. Yeah, I've got I, I play with my faces and customize them and make new faces every once in a while. Um, but what I have found more and more is I'm wearing my Apple Watch less and less. Mm -hmm. I find that, you know, not only the tapping when I'm driving, but just the, the annoyances, that, the taps every time I get a message and stuff. And it's like, I don't care. You know, I don't, yeah. need, I don't need to be annoyed that often. There's nothing that's that urgent that I need to be told this instant that there's, you know, a message coming in. Yeah. I think it, it was a, uh, it, it finally hit home to me the, the other day. I was at a theater somewhere with, uh, well, in fact, I was visiting my daughter. We went to go see the, the Spider-Man movie. And, uh, and throughout the movie, I kept getting these taps, and I'd look down, and it was like, hey, you know, the Dodgers are playing, or hey, you know, it was a bunch of stuff that I didn't care about. And, it was like, yeah. and I know I can turn all that off, and I, and I did turn it off for the rest of the thing. But it was like, you know what? I started thinking, I don't need this. I don't need – and I've got some <laughs> nice watches. I like watches. So I started wearing my other watches, you know. Yeah. I wear the Apple Watch once a week or so. Otherwise, it just sits on the charger. Yeah, well, I've been wearing mine ever since I started with Apple Watches. I'm on my second one. Yeah, I did but, too. Uh, but I'm 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 inclined to to back off of any more Apple Watches. Yeah. Well, well and you know, sorry, to be honest, I didn't understand that. 
Aha. Let's guess yeah. who's listening. Yeah. She didn't it understand says, that. I'm, it says, I'm, 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 I'm inclined, I must have stuttered, to, to tobacco. Tobacco is what it says next, the word. Huh. Off. <laughs> I'm inclined to tobacco off, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, you know what, what I was saying with the watch is, I mean, and we'll see what comes out with this one, this year's watch, you know, the Series 9. But I think since the watch Series four when they went to a slightly bigger screen and i guess they made it they went to the bigger screen in four and then they went like one millimeter bigger in seven so it was almost no difference um that there haven't been any major changes to the watch in the last three or four times i mean they they have the the five six seven and eight all have basically the same processor in them um Mm -hmm. the seven and eight are one millimeter larger um, you know, they've added a, um, uh, a couple sensors, but you know, like one of them is a heart rate sensor, but it's, uh, or no, it's a temperature sensor. Eight added the temperature sensor, but they said it's primarily for talking about like your temperature while you're sleeping so that you can tell if you're ovulating, which obviously doesn't mean anything to you or I, um, mm-hmm. the seven added the, uh, ability to check your, uh, blood oxygen, which is nice. You know, I mean, you can buy a little pulse ox thing for twenty five bucks on Amazon and check it that way if you want. Um, Is that would that indicate whether I'm about to faint? Um, it it could be an indicator of that, but it doesn't necessarily indicate that. Usually, See, for people who are suffering from like um, COPD or emphysema, uh, they track that carefully. And you know, these people who are on oxygen and have have the oxygen with them all the time, because yeah. their body is not uh, getting enough oxygen from their breathing. And so this is a measure of how much oxygen is in your bloodstream. Yeah. Well, so. anyway, uh, talking about chemicals in the air, I'm going to change the subject on you just a minute because I listened to a, a video this morning on YouTube where two chemists are really pushing to get laws changed in this country to prevent protect us from a couple, uh, but mainly one a very important chemical, and that's the one that's used or had been used or initiated the use of dry cleaning. Trichloroethylene Mm -hmm. is so hazardous that you wouldn't believe. And in fact, they say that it's a, uh, well, it was a major part of this uh, army base down in North Carolina that they're still looking for people who lived there as a child or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, because people... Uh, by far margin, have ended up with Parkinson's disease. And Parkinson's is one of the strangest uh, diseases that it takes uh, decades to actually come out. But you actually, you know, got the thing that caused it very early in life. Mm -hmm. And, And there's just been a proliferation of paralysis cases, not just those that you know about from Hollywood or whatever, but... Uh, lots and lots of people, I guess. Yeah, and I was going to say the, the poster boy for that these days is Michael J. Fox, right? I mean, he's the... the yeah, he's the one that everybody remembers. Right. But but the, in terms of real numbers, uh, it's, it's a terrible thing that's been happening in this country. And a lot of the other European countries and places have already banned it. Yeah. And there are substitutes for it for dry cleaning. But one of the examples that they gave is if you live even in the neighborhood of a dry cleaners 
or in this this case, they gave an example of a grocery store next door to a place that used trichloroethylene, and everything that has fats in it, like cheeses and butters and that kinds of stuff, uh, becomes polluted. It absorbs it. Goes it. through the gets through the walls even somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can't being next door in a different building is yeah. not adequate protection. It's that bad. Wow. And, and the other main way it infected on that marine base was through the water system. It gets into waters and into chemicals. Uh, so you could be drinking it, and that's what happened to a lot of these mm-hmm. kids that are getting... Uh, what are they... Um, why was it used on a marine base? What's the other use for it that would have been there? Are they using it as like a cleaning solvent or something? Uh, I think there was a factory there that, that made the stuff, and somehow that got into the water... But or or maybe it was natural causes. I, I'm not. I, they didn't go into that that detail. But uh, that was the first time that I really heard about why they're tr- they're trying to find all these people because yeah. Well, you they, see they, those commercials on TV saying you know if you ever worked here, you know there's one yeah. that's been going on about Camp Lejeune and there was another that's, one. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Lejeune. Yeah. So I they never t- you know went into the details to what caused the problem, but it was trichloroethylene in the water, mm-hmm. and that's how all these people were exposed. Yeah. Because if you live there naturally, you're using the water. Yeah, and so, it's very likely that, that, that you know at the time they were using it as a solvent to clean like engine parts and things like that. There was probably that as you well, know. but that that happens in lots of places. That's not that wouldn't be just specific to that base. Right. No, uh, I, I I'm just saying it's like you know historically. I, you know, I, I was in the, uh, I have a degree in art and I remember when I first started it in, in, in school, you know, you're always required to take a, a safety class and they talk about material safety and data sheets and, you know, because you're dealing with paints and solvents and things like that. And, and early on they were saying, you know, you use turpentine and then no, 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 turpentine is not safe. You shouldn't be using that. You should use acetone. So they were, everybody was using acetone to clean everything. And I was like, no, 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 that's not safe now. (laughs) So now we don't use acetone (laughs) Yeah, because they used to use acetone in, in fingernail polish remover too. And it worked great. Yeah. Cause it just eats through everything. (laughs) That's, that's right. There's just so many chemicals out there. And I was aware of a lot of this stuff being a son of a farmer, because a lot of uh, chemicals and poisons were included in farm products, and we had, in fact, put poison on seed grain uh, so that it wouldn't uh, be damaged while it was stored until you actually went out and, and planted yeah. it in the yeah, field. You, you don't want the uh, the but, rats and other vermin eating up your your seed. Yeah. Anyway, it had a pink color to it so that you could see the seeds that had this on it, and you didn't definitely did not want to eat that stuff because you you die. I mean, it's yeah. that, a bad poison. Uh, and so it would keep all the, the insects and whatever out of that seed grain. But nevertheless, the, uh, this article at the end, in a kind of a conclusion section, uh, they talked about a number of different uh, uh, things that I had never heard of. I, I don't remember the names of one, but uh, they said that it's a, it, it is part of some uh, common medicines that are prescribed for certain illnesses. And anyway, it all of these come back and through the nervous system get into your brain. That's mm-hmm. that's the ultimate destination that creates these problems. And 
one of the issues I had never heard of, but people cannot help themselves, but they destroy their lives because a part of the brain that sort of checks on whether you should do something and worries about the future, uh, its function is destroyed by the, the, the chemicals in these uh, pharmacy drugs. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as a consequence of that, they, the people that took these drugs have the side effects that are listed on the, the medical sheet as uh, you get into uh, risky things like gambling. Habitual gamblers mm-hmm. very, very often suffered from having taken this type, type of medicine or get, getting that same chemicals from something else. But, a, but another closely related one is if you have people who uh, get into uh, sexual uh, uh, bad sexual habits mm-hmm. so that they, 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 they just can't not do it because that's correct. It doesn't correct in the brain and say, you know, this is going to get you in trouble. Yeah. And, and so consequently, yeah, uh, there a lot are of risky parents. behaviors are, are risky behaviors. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the result of this, uh, these, this chemicals that your brain doesn't say, Hey, this is a dangerous thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. It messes up the part of the brain that says stop. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, apparently there's a lot of people in prisons as a result of both of those things because it destroyed their lives because that they just, yeah. through no fault of their own, they were being driven mm-hmm. because they took taken some dangerous chemicals. And, and they described a couple others that uh, I've, I've weren't quite as dramatic as that, so I don't really recall yeah. the effects. But yeah, uh, and somehow the drug company is okay because they did put it in the warning, right? This could be a possible side effect. Yeah, yeah, it's it's in the fine print that nobody ever reads. You know? right. How many how many times you get a prescription if you get this thing out and read it to be sure you want to take it or not? Well, I do. But most you people do. don't. <laughs> I read. I read all the literature with it. I look it up. I, I go to two or three different websites. I go to you know WebMD and and uh, drugs.com and go to the um, um, couple of the what was it the John Hopkins website. I, I anytime somebody gives me a new medication for uh, for anything, I research it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. It's a smart thing to do. Yeah. But I'm just saying that that's your your record. I, I am rare. I know that. I just, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a researcher by nature. I, I, that honestly, that's probably what I should have done for a career, right? Was I should have just been somebody who goes and looks stuff up and finds out things. And, and cause that's, to me, that's yeah incredibly interesting and it doesn't matter the subject. I just like but, going but, and finding But you see what's, what's stunning about all this is because a lot of people don't know about it. Uh, we don't do anything about taking it out of the out of the system. You know, the government needs to step in with like yeah. this trichloroethylene thing. It's so bad. When yeah. you hear this video, you say, why are we even at risk to this anymore? You know? Yeah. It's, it absolutely should be banned. Well, it's Other like countries the, have done that. The active know? chemical, I can't remember which one it is, but it's in, in the Roundup uh, weed spray. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. They, they've one. lost suits show, in saying that, yeah, it causes cancer, and yet they still sell them this stuff. You know? Yeah. Pie, I mean, shelves of it at the at your local uh, you know lawn and garden store. You know, well, it's like I, I'm I'm convinced my dad died at f- age 54 because of of that largely Roundup because he was out was weed killers and I'm sure it had the same stuff in it that he'd come home like he bathed in it. His clothes were all wet because yeah. he did c- commercial spraying of the stuff yeah. and then inhaling it. Hey, his whole body was just. 
inundated with the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, my wife's got relatives that, uh, that fly crop dusters and we were visiting back there one time and he had was landing and filling it up with uh, more spray to go out, spray all over the ground, spray all over him, you know, the place where he parks the plane to refill it up with all the, the, the poison. It's just over everything. He's coated. You know, he comes yep. over to shake your hand and he wipes his hand off with a rag. And I'm like, I'm not sure I want to touch your hand, you know, because it's like <laughs> you're covered in bug spray. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, these are technologies, so we're not off track here. I yeah, yeah, it's chemical te- tech, but it's... I just wanted our audience to be aware of how contaminated our yeah. world is. Well, how and- much the Wild West it is in terms of... This stuff isn't policed very much, you know. You, yeah. You know, a company comes up with a new chemical and they say, hey, yeah, it kills bugs, also kills people, but, yeah. you know, don't yeah. use it on people and they sell it anyway. And yeah. then, you know, yeah, it's in the fine print, but, you know, if your job is to, you know, put that crap in your airplane and go spray it on a field, that's what you do. That's how you put food on the table. Yep. Yep. Anyway, it, it's, it's kind of, uh, uh, a heart wrencher to read something like this when you know you lost your dad young because of some some of the same kind of shenanigans that are still going on today, but yeah. have different effects. But lots of people are, are are suffering from it, and everybody is aware as a result of seeing uh, the the gentleman you mentioned earlier on TV uh, that has the uh, Michael J. Parkinson's, Fox. Yeah. Michael J. Fox. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's you know a, because he's he's well known. He's he's used his platform to be an advocate for um, you know research into the causes and the and possible solutions to okay. Parkinson's. But but but, yeah. but now but now we all need to be aware of the fact that he is not. Uh, it's not just an occasional person that's getting this. It's lots oh, of people, including right. young people. Very, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, most, he was he was diagnosed with it pretty young. Yeah, he you was know, in his thirties or forties. I mean, it was you know. Yep. It was. So, anyway, yeah, and you go like, so, well, that can't be normal. So then, what's you know? Yep. Why? So, lo- lots of people are are suffering through life, and uh, in, in horrible ways, just because we haven't taken the uh, the effort to. Uh, band together and say, let's get this stuff off the market. Yeah. He's a year older than I am. And he was diagnosed in 1991. So in his forties, early forties, late Mm thirties. Yeah. Yeah. He was like 39 years old, 40 years old. And he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Yep. By the way, uh, I saw the picture of you and Tobin, uh, playing or at a football game. I guess it was a preseason game. Yeah. Last Friday I was watching the Packers preseason game on television and uh, just struck me. It's like, Hey, when is the, when are the Rams playing? Cause you know, he's a big Rams fan. Yeah. And so I uh, just looked it up and said, Oh, their game's tomorrow. Huh. Ah. I wonder what a preseason ticket would cost. So I just went (laughs) to go see what the prices were. Not only did I find out that you could get a seat for $38, but that, half the stadium was empty and, and, uh, the $38 was rafter seats in the end zone. We, we bumped up to the $55 seats because that meant we got rafter seats, but at least we were sitting at the 50 yard line. And, uh, yeah. So I called him up and said, Hey, you want to do this? And, uh, he, (laughs) he said, I would love to do it, but let me double check with Aaron. And so he 
double checked and made sure it was clear. And, and so we went, we went down yes. and had a great was, time. Had yeah, a great I'm sure you time. did. I, I saw that and I said, gee, I wish I lived a little closer. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was just totally on a whim. I mean, we literally, yeah. you know, it was just like the Friday before the game, the, the day before the game, we just went, ah, see if there's yeah, any tickets I, available. I, I look back and I remember a baseball game when we went to watch the, I forgot what they were called out at the ballpark there in San Bernardino, but a oh, middle, yeah, that was so tri- much fun. Triple A or some game? Yeah, yeah, it was double A. And double a. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the name of the San Bernardino team, but remember we, we Tobin, because he was uh, involved in politics at the city at the time, we, we got a. Uh, he, and he got uh, to throw out the first pitch. Yeah. Right? And we got the. Uh, the uh, luxury box type, you know, for whatever, you know, whatever a, a double A team luxury box is, but it was nice. We had a little like lounge area inside and then we had our own like private little set of 12, yeah. 12, 12 was, or so seats out front. I've been going back and looking at some of the old pictures and I just look at those recently and it's, yeah. uh, it's come to my mind. Yep. I agree. That was a great day. I remember that. And that was a lot of fun. Yep. That was a lot of fun. We had a really good time. Yeah. We, we, uh, you know, drove down and, each of us had a $20 beer because, hey, you know, why not, right? And, right. <laughs> uh, and, some, and some kettle corn, and we watched the game and, and had a grand old time and turned around and came. The only downside was is got, I got home late, and I know he got home even later because he, dro- he drove, he dropped me back off and then had to drive out to his house um, back from there. So um, I was dragging a little bit on Sunday morning, but, uh, yeah. but it, was, it was worth it. it was, we just had a great time. So I'd, unfortunately, I'd, the Rams got their their tails kicked. But it, again, oh, it's preseason. Oh well, so. preseason doesn't matter. Yeah, it was weird too because it was a uh, a Rams versus the Chargers, and SoFi Stadium is home stadium for both teams. Oh. So it was a Rams home game technically, but it was mm-hmm. you know they're both at, at, at their home stadium. So there was lots of Rams fans, lots of Charger fans, and surprisingly, where we were sitting. To our right was a guy who was a San Francisco 49er fan wearing 49er gear. To our left was a uh, uh, a um, uh, char or not a charge a, a Raider fan wearing Raider gear, oh, and yeah. then there was another team represented in that same area too. And I had worn I have a um, a you didn't uh, didn't have a cheese head. Well, I had a I, I wore <laughs> I wore a Rams T-shirt. I have a little Rams a, a Rams T-shirt that I wore. Um, but uh, you know, I thought I, I maybe I, I should have worn my my Packer gear and just gone there all yeah. all greened out. I told him I was going to be because he and I went to the Packer game last December and it was freezing cold. So I was I, I had actually thought about going and getting my big parka and my snow boots out and meeting him, meeting him at the door wearing all that. Going, <laughs> I'm ready for football. <laughs> <You know? laughs> A little bit warmer now. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Th- that's what stopped me, as I said. The, the two minutes that I would have that on for the joke would yeah. have been so uncomfortable it wasn't worth doing. <laughs> right. Because yeah. it was, it was uh, although I got to say, it was about 68 degrees uh, while we were at the game. It was comfortable. There was a cool, nice, comfortable breeze coming through in Inglewood. It was real, it was nice. I got to see yeah. the uh, next year the Clippers will move to their own, um, uh, it's not a stadium. What are, what are the basketball plays in, in a, um, auditorium i guess but anyway their location they're building it on the same spot across the parking lot and oh. so um that building is actually very it's a beautiful stadium and that building's very pretty as, as well so um you know and for the clippers fans they'll have their own location instead of having to share space with the lakers 
So they have to share a city with the Lakers, but they don't have to keep sharing the same space. Yeah, I, I'm I'm uh, not a big Major League Soccer fan. I know Tobin is, but I put this mm-hmm. little uh, article in here about Masai, Lionel Masai. Messi. Uh, Messi. Yeah, see, I says, it's getting messy down there in Miami. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I was complaining about all the advertising. You know, Apple has the the broadcast rights for that. Right. And so and, they're, they're, they're just pushing it down your throat. But I tell you what, they... They did a deal. The Apple, as the one who has the, they actually were part of the deal to pay him to come play here instead of playing in Europe. Yeah. And what a stroke of genius! Because that guy is just phenomenal. Well, and Miami was nothing without him, and still they're only mid-range kind of team. But yeah, you know, it's still a team game. <laughs> yeah. However, I, I did watch some highlights, and the guy is really impressive. He is. He's just. There's, there's no doubt he's stand, he's a standout. He's he's you know, if not the best, one of the best that ever did it. Much less those that did it right now. He's just that good. Yeah. Yeah. So if you yeah. e- even if you're not a huge <clears throat> fan, I would say it's probably worth trying to watch at least uh, one or two games just because watching you know somebody who's going to end up being a legend in the game, you know, yeah. to have the opportunity to say yeah I watched him play, you know. Like if yeah. if he were to come out here and play the uh, one of the L.A. We've got two teams in L.A. Um, you know, I that I'd probably call up my brother again and say, hey, you want to go watch soccer game? <laughs> well, I knew that he was a part of the team. So that's why I watched some of the highlights and stuff. Uh-huh. And I thought, well, that was a pretty good way. You can get on YouTube and see all the best parts. Of yeah. It, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or you can go on Apple TV and have them put a thousand ads in front of your face about the soccer thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And you can buy the, the whole. You can buy. You can buy the league pass for MLS on Apple TV for thirty nine bucks, and that way you can watch every game that is in the entire league, every team, every game for thirty nine yeah. bucks. Now that's a bargain. I will tell you that right now, if you want to do that for the NFL, it's available on YouTube. Three hundred ninety nine dollars. Wow. Yeah, I've well, had Brian, that. Brian does. Brian, this, Brian watches the NFL. This is the first year that it hasn't been part of DirecTV, and I have had it as part of my DirecTV package every year. They switched over to, to YouTube now, and so it's owned yeah. by them. And uh, if you if you subscribe to YouTube TV, which is um, uh, $79 a month, then you can get it for uh, $2.99. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit cheaper. But then you have to subscribe to YouTube TV and then cancel that subscription if you don't want it. it it's three ninety nine if you just want it without subscribing to YouTube TV. And you know, I think it was two forty nine when it was through Directv as part of your package, and they just they would spread it across, you know, like half the year, so you didn't have to pay it all at once. And yeah. I just I looked at that $400 and said, as much as I want to be able to watch my Packers, there is no way I am spending $400 to watch the Packers yeah. play every week. Yeah. Well, just, me either. I'm not uh, that big a fan anymore of any sport. But yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm going to try to push us to the end here. I think yeah, I've let's finish this up. Cut off, uh, There's uh, been rumors one. about Apple buying Disney for a long time. They're talking about maybe since Iger came back that he's setting it up to break Apple or break Disney up into a couple different sections and that Apple might buy parts of it. Um, maybe. I, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, 
I think part of the problem has been for Apple is that there's actually more employees in Disney. And if Apple were to buy Disney, um, then they, they would lose their corporate identity. And so Apple's got to be real cautious about that. And I think they would be. So we'll see. And, and quite frankly, Apple's been very successful in creating their own content. So I'm not sure they need Disney. No, 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 no. They don't want the studios. It made it clear in the article that that's one of the things that's not on the table for them. Yeah. But, uh, but in terms of just bring, uh, having, uh, access to a lot of the, the, uh, the vault <laughs> archive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that, w that could be useful on Apple TV or sure. on, you know, that way. Yeah. That's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of value in, in their, their, background and you know and quite frankly you know at, at, at disney owns abc espn um i espn talk about a company that's in, in a death spiral mess espn's just falling apart i'm yeah i so think they, all they, they could use somebody I, to come in and straighten them out i think all of the television networks are doomed all of television is doomed it's all going to streaming and it's just a matter of time. Yeah. In fact, ESPN has been streaming, though, for a couple of years. They have their well, own I, app. You can stream I, it. It's on Apple I, TV. I, I know, but I'm just saying it's totally going to go that way with everything. And and uh, you can see things like the firing of Tucker Carlson that totally backfired. That was the only real attraction to Fox. They've lost most of their viewership because of it. You know, here's here's a guy that people wanted to watch, and then the other people who probably couldn't make it on the streaming by themselves, losing to a guy who has a big audience. Well, uh, they did that before with the other guy. What's his name? Um, O'Reilly and O'Reilly. Yeah, they fired him, and he went off and started streaming and doing his own thing. You know, yeah. and ostensibly, well, you know, from what I can tell, they're both making money hand over fist because oh, they've got an well, audience. The, the biggest one winner there after O'Reilly was Kelly, uh, the gal, uh, what's her name? Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't remember her last name, but I, I, can't, I can't think of a name with a blonde gal. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say the blonde woman too, but you know, pretty much every person in this right. female <laughs> that works on Fox is blonde. So yeah. that doesn't help. But anyway, so, uh, I say this, I, I couldn't even tell. I, I don't watch broadcast news, so I couldn't tell you, very much about Fox or CNN or MSNBC. I just don't watch that. Well, the older people are the only ones who watch the news channels. That's my understanding. And every year it yeah. declines, of course, because that's that's yeah. just a generational thing. Uh, and uh, I quit watching it because I don't think it's news. It's entertainment, and I don't like that entertainment. Well, and it's it's all political too, very one-sided political. Yeah. You just well, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's entertainment to. TV, just like watching The Real Housewives is entertainment TV, and I yeah. find both of those unappealing. So I don't watch The Real yeah. Housewives, it's, and I don't watch the so-called news. Or it's, it's game shows, you know. So, game game shows are probably. I don't know if they'll ever find a way into the internet, but I suspect. Oh, they I won't bet they will. TV. You, they been, might. There are people who watch. You 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 think Pat Sajak has been on on Wheel of Fortune for twenty five years without having an audience? Come on, that oh, could that could be streaming. His his people will find him. That's him, right. Him and yeah. Vanna. So, yeah. although he's retiring, but uh, was it Ryan Seacrest is taking over and he's got a lot of fans too. So they'll yeah. keep watching. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's already a game show channel. You can subscribe to the game show channel. 
And all oh, they do I is see. play old game shows. Yeah. <laughs> you just watch old them. Old, watch the old game shows again. You know? Yeah. If you, if you don't like the new host, go back and get the one before it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't like this guy or you, you want to see the guy who, who had the $100,000 question and couldn't tell you the first letter in the word the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> watch him fail. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Next up, uh, let's see. Apple tests do ultra powerful M3 and M3 Max three nanometer chips. So yeah, that's this is the the online uh, sites that are you know they can ID what the processor is that's hitting them, and like the um, the the if you're using uh, one of the speed tests and things like that. And so clearly, you know, they get a heads up when Apple starts testing new stuff or Intel starts testing new stuff. Yeah. And uh, and so they're saying, yeah, some of this stuff is hitting. They're seeing that they're out there and they're being tested in you know, on on websites in the wild. That's no surprise. We expected that. Uh, in fact, um, there the the thought is is that the plain M3, not the M3 Pro or the M3 Max, but the plain M3 will probably bow its head here towards the end of the year, in like Octoberish time frame, which is typical, and we'll probably see it in the new. Uh, uh, version of the uh, Air laptop first, yeah. so and that's you know I, that, I I'm saying that without any inside knowledge or anything. That's just sort of Apple's pattern. So we'll see it see well, if it happens. But well, I I am interested to see how it how much it outperforms the two. Yeah, the two was uh, a very baby step up from the from the original. Yeah, the M1. So, so I make because of the size change, I'm expecting something on the order of magnitude type of. So we should see a jump in speed and a jump in battery life. So, yeah, because they'll run cooler. So I, I, and, it, it, yeah. it won't be, it won't be an order of magnitude, but it it should be more so that than a yeah. you know two times sort of the thing. Yeah, yeah, and and my guess is they're going to come in and say something like, "Oh, it's you know X percent faster than that at this job or that job." You know, they'll list the things that are that it's faster at and. You know, yeah. they're probably, you know, they're, they, they, they collect a lot of data on how the systems are used. And so they can see the areas that their systems have been um, uh, bottlenecking. Yeah. And yeah. those are the areas they're going to improve this chip on uh, programmatically. You know, physically, they will be better at doing certain things. They'll get a faster pipeline in certain areas. And so for you and me, it's going to seem much more snappy, yeah. you know. And that's part of what they have the advantage of doing because they own the whole pipeline from from chips to to fingertips, right? And uh, well, and and we're at a point where we probably won't see a significant uh, another step in physical the physicality of making uh, silicon uh, in the future. Uh, I, I don't know if I'll see it in my lifetime. Yeah, something I, smaller I, than three nanometer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's 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 smaller it, than it, a nanometer. What's well, the next it, step up? Is that a picometer or something? No, but I'm just saying it's been slowing down dramatically. I mean, yeah. to go from the five or whatever they're at now to three. Yeah, it's taken them several a, years to get. Yeah, it used to be uh, on an annual basis you'd see another size jump, but that's, mm -hmm. that's been gone for a long time now. Yeah, and so uh, yeah. I, I, the only thing that will have comparable uh, uh, growth will be in other areas like they had on 60 Minutes where they're talking about the optical computers. And, of course, none of that stuff is portable. 
pull. Yeah, that's, big. that's at least as it is now. It's not going to be something that'll be that you and I'll use right. on our laptops. That said, so, too, there's you know, I mean, ninety nine point nine percent of the population, these computers are faster than anything you're ever going to need already. So there's no right. need for that to improve at this point. There's nothing pushing them in any way. You know, when I talked about bottlenecks, I was talking about, you know, the high-end use of these things where there's, you know, major calculations. Clearly, there's there's still um, uh, a ways to go for some high-end uses of the graphic engines. And, you know, Apple, but the way you, you deal with that is just put more cores into the graphics side of things. Whether we see more CPU cores or not is questionable. I heard voices again, Todd. Yeah, I'm still not hearing anything. Yeah. Anyway, just thought I'd let you know. Uh, so, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to say okay. goodbye. All right. Well, then let's wrap it up, and we'll see everybody next week. We've been going for an hour, almost two hours now, so that's plenty of time. I enjoyed it. Have a See great week, week, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.